Well, it goes into, I think, at the core of the liturgical readings for today, and I think the core of what this season is about. And the core of it is, is uh, so if we're talking about the gospel, we have to go to the beginning, right? And God created Adam and Eve. He created them to be in freedom. That's the foundation of it, to carry freedom. And that freedom looked like productivity, and it looked like work, and it looked like these things, which are all good things. It looked like this loving relationship of, of mutuality and like oneness that was existing in the world. And so Galatians 5 says it's for freedom's sake that Christ has come to set us free. There's not some ulterior motive. Yes, he has planned good works for you. He came and his heart desire is that you would be free in the way that he has made you free. And so let's pause here for a second, because a lot of times our, our definitions of freedom look like I want the freedom, I want a lot of financial freedom to be able to make decisions financially that I want to make. I want a lot of uh, uh, freedom in my schedule to be able to do what I want to do. I want freedom and control over my little world so that I have autonomy to do and say and think however I want to do and say and think. That makes sense? <clears throat> and so out of that place, what we have a misrepresentation, oftentimes I think we have a misrepresentation of what true freedom is. From the heart of the Father, from where you were conceived, it was in the fullness of the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They were enjoying one another and said, you know a way that I would just delight in bringing this? Come on, have you had those moments sitting around a table with a group of people that they're frozen in time? And you're like, if I could bottle this up and th this would be my eternity. I mean, that's perpetually like... The Father and the Son enjoying one another in the fellowship of the Spirit. And they're saying, you know a way that I would really delight in seeing this materialize on earth? And they breathed, they spoke your DNA into existence in a specific time in a specific place. Right? So when we're talking about freedom... That we have to begin there, otherwise we will distort it into something that is will bring it down to earth, but not in a sanctified way where it, it brings heaven to earth. We'll distort it. Because that's the nature. That's a part of what's taken place, is we've been inundated with the definition of freedom that we're unaware, like that, that many of us were unaware of, because it just feels like normalcy. And so it's really important that we have these seasons. It's really important that we come and we sit together and we have these experiences of hearing of the unnecessary miracles because what is he doing? He's weaving this tapestry to soften my heart to begin to say, maybe I'm not as free as I thought I was. You know, there's no condemnation in that. It's his delightful invitation to say, would you come up a little bit higher that I might breathe a life into you? That all of your, quotes, freedom has actually 
oppressed and stolen life from you. Right? All of the places where you're free financially to do whatever you want to do, sometimes, once again, we can't give a law. That's always wrong. But for some, it's actually become the noose unto which life is being hung. For some of us, this freedom of our schedules, I can do whatever I want to do, it's actually been the very thing that's drowning us because we don't know what he's made us for. Does that make sense? So when we're talking about freedom biblically, it's never about you get to do what you want to do. It is always about the heart of the Father who sees you and knows you better than you see and know yourself has literally wired your DNA to come alive in an atmosphere of unconditional love and delight. You were made to come fully alive to breathe deeper, to be in oneness. You were made to be fully alive when you encounter an atmosphere of unconditional love and delight. And his kindness just permeates. And that is what produces repentance. That, that is what repentance is. It's not this, you sinned, you idiot. <laughs> Yo, you know what? Come on, we can teach ourselves into some legalism. You sinned, it's your job to change your face and go a different direction. If we're really being honest and we sit with ourselves, I don't think anybody wakes up and says, oh, I cannot wait to be in rebellion to the heart of the Lord today. There's a place when your heart is tender to the Lord. Your deepest desire is, I don't know, I'm throwing open the gate as far as I know how, Lord Jesus. Come and make your home here. And he says, my highest end for you is freedom you would be able to hear my voice of love and delight and even when I correct discipline, hold accountable even when I invite you into holiness, it is not some distorted form it is an invitation into the fullness of life right? when we return from our captivity we were like those who dream we're not talking about a conceptual dreaming we're talking about a, a koinonia an intimate fellowship that awakens the soil I didn't even know I had that dream in my heart it was his atmosphere that awoke my heart was made to recognize it but it was his atmosphere that awoke it and he knows what to awake in what season that he does not awaken love before it's time. Right? So yet again, I loved your language. So much of this is coming to the place where I realize all of my life, the culture has pushed on me that I've got to be powerful and strong and in authority. And it's the very systems and structures that have produced darkness that he's come to eliminate. I have borrowed Roman principles and called them kingdom. What is freedom? 
you go to the John passage? <clears throat> Where's John? Yeah. Nope. There. Nope. Yep. 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 Okay. This is John the Baptist. I want you to see. This is just one example. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Come on. That all through him might believe he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. So here's the John's prologue. Into, this is who John is. You okay so far? Now there's this interaction we have where John is talking to the chief priests and the scribes and the, you know, the, the, the leaders of the synagogue. The leaders of the very house that, ha that was standing. It was the gateway to the hearts of the people theologically. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you, John? And he confessed, and he did not deny, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. And then they asked him, well, what then? Are you Elijah? He says, I'm not him. Are you the prophet? And he said, nope. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. And these things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. It says, A man that knew who he was. A man that recognized... I'm the instrument in the band sent to play this tune. And I have no need to play any other tune but the one I've been designed to play. I have no need to be anything because I have nothing left to protect and nothing left to prove. I am a man that is centered in the will of the Father. That I am resigned to the reality that I am not the light. I have grieved the limits that I am not God. This is a man that has been set free. That he can look at the Pharisees and he can see hidden behind all of the questions that come bombarding against his mind. Those are questions from the empire. Those are questions from the principalities and the powers trying to distort my heart. Trying to move me from a place of being resigned that I have been set free from captivity. I'm like one who dreams again. I think this morning, that's the part that I want to start at and the part I want to end at. So what does freedom look like? What does freedom look like? Freedom looks like, within your own internal structure, being able to hear the rhythm of his love and receive it wholeheartedly. Come on. That sounds, that sounds angelic as you hear it. Often the journey looks like, I want to receive it, Lord, but I've got these filters in here that say, I can only receive it if I've earned it. 
I can only receive it if I've done it right. I don't even know how to receive it, to be honest with you. So John was a man who had been set free to receive the love of the Father. That everything that looked like darkness and stood against the voice of the one calling the beloved back home was dissipated in him. So he could stand, and if a Pharisee walked up, he could call it a brood of vipers in the spirit. Or he could welcome one to come and be baptized into the high courts of heaven. There's a freedom that at any, any given moment he could receive what love was whispering. That's what we've been celebrating about the unnecessary miracles. Is why does the Lord do an unnecessary miracle but to layer on your heart in his kindness? Would you repent? Not would you repent so you could be holy again. Would you repent that you could receive a love that still, after all these years, is foreign. Mm. Would you repent that you would this year, in this moment, would you let my kindness cover you so that you could receive the Emmanuel child in a way you didn't know you needed it? That I could set you free, so that he could set you free to only respond to the voice <coughs> of the beloved calling you home. Not dying. Calling you to stay home. I'm always reminded in these seasons of Henry Nouwen with his return of the prodigal son says that, that we're all the younger brother, we're all the older brother, and we're all invited to become the father. <coughs> but the younger brother, he says, I'm the younger brother every time I go looking for love in a faraway place. Every time I try to go and control and all of my internal labyrinth, every time I go somewhere else looking for love, I'm the, I'm the prodigal. And I'm the older brother every time I lose sight of the voice calling me your beloved as I stay home with him. And I get angsty and angry. And so the God of unnecessary miracles is inviting me to become present right now saying do you know the freedom that I have for you come back to Isaiah 61 I'm going to read this as a benediction actually <clears throat> I'm just going to read the first four verses I just want to invite you that this is the Messiah's voice this is the Christ child's voice this is the invitation from all eternity the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me as the Lord has anointed me to what? To preach good tidings to people. <coughs> he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Always caught by liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The 
difference between prisoners and captives. For some of us, it's agreements we've made where we've crafted a prison that looks really comfortable. He's lovingly saying, I layer my compassions on you again. For others, we recognize that our captivity has been done to us. Something that needs healed, delivered, set free. He has come to preach freedom to both. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. We're going to partake in your communion this morning. sake he has set you free he has no alter ulterior motive <clears throat> he is not looking for the bait and switch where we feed you pizza and then we give you a message about Jesus we're not going to hand out gift cards and then say yeah he wants to get saved there's no bait and switch <coughs> I know that's why you came that's why you came It's just good to hear the voice of the saints talking about the hidden ways they've seen them. To awaken us to the hidden ways he shows up in the most uncommon places. <clears throat> I do feel like that's what an artist can do. Is they can look at a dreary landscape and they find the beauty in it. Isn't that what a prophetic eye does? Looks at the soil of a situation where hopelessness has reigned. And can see the one shimmering candlelight and say, let me tell you what Jesus is doing right now. Peggy, it's exactly what you did. You celebrated the candlelight in the midst of darkness. It said, no, you, you got hired here. This declaration of the Father saying, you are the one I delight in, not the masks you wear. You are the one I delight in, not the life you've created. You, in the mystery of who you are, you are the one who has stolen my heart. You are the one. And if you'll let me, I want to bring the Christ child to you again this year. I want to illuminate God with you. Did you go to that quote there at the end for communion? I got caught in this Rowan Williams quote. He's talking about reading scripture and how scripture changes when you read it in community of people that are doing the journey. And he says, the summons to the reader or the hearer of Scripture is to the involvement in the body of Christ, the agent of the kingdom. And that body is what is constituted and maintained by the breaking of bread and all that this means. So for Paul, 
what he saw in the Eucharist or the, the, the communion is the community of interdependence and penitent self-awareness. That word, penitent self-awareness. Oh, I'm not even not even romanticized by my own concepts anymore. Oh, he's better than my best constructs of him. Discovering the dangers of partisan self-assertion or uncritical reproduction of the relations of power and status that prevail in the society around. Mods deep. To do the journey is to position us together to celebrate the testimonies that don't carry the power structures of the day. The unnecessary miracles of the Father just saying, I want to pour my delight over you. That is useless in the power structures of the day. That it's something about that love, that we partake in that love in the body and the blood. That we, we step in again and say, it is with a violence that we set our feet in this present moment and say, we are a part of a community of interdependence, not codependence, mm -hmm. interdependence. I need to hear your view of the Most High God. It's the only thing that keeps me grounded and I don't get caught in the current of just trying to be powerful because I'm petrified of being powerless. I've, I'm aware of the dangers of I will begin to champion the things that serve me best. Would you talk about him again from that place of you talk about his great love for you as he illuminates the darkness. I need to hear it again to be reminded that I don't carry the power he does. That there is one coming after us who I'm not worthy to untie his sandal. He is the one we've been waiting for. Jesus recognizing that all our propensity was to go into power dynamics. <clears throat> he took the bread and he said, forever this will be the picture of my invitation to you, my child, my beloved. Would you partake with me? And in every moment when darkness comes and it breaks you, you know that resurrection power is being released. Do this in remembrance of me. as he's establishing the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's offering this covenant, this new covenant, as Jeremiah would say. Can we pause? That can only be received on the other side of the breaking of the body. That the, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the free flow of wine that has no cost, the life of celebration in the darkness can only come on the other side of an agreement with the breaking of the body.
the paradigms and the things that I hold most dear of like I say, I don't even know how to do this. I lay it down before you. And then he says, come on, those moments are vulnerable. I get to I get to discover, I don't even know who you are, God. I know you, I don't know you. As we lay that down, you know what he's doing? Can I pour out my blood? Can I pour it onto you that you're ready to receive it now? All the high and lofty thoughts have fallen. Can I pour out my blood? Would you come and just begin to say, I've got a little bit of darkness here, Lord. I need you to light it up. He comes like a flood and pours the wine of celebration on you. Partake in remembrance of Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you. That on us who have lived in darkness, we have seen a great light. That your presence has illuminated the darkness. That Paul can say, oh darkness, oh death, where is your sting? I serve the resurrected Christ. I serve the one who went into the pits of hell and illuminated the darkness. And along the way, every place that darkness stands against me, his beloved, Christ has already been there and deposited himself in that darkness that I might find a piece of myself in every season, whether it be light or dark, that lays before me. He is that good, he is that sovereign, that he may, for many of us, be leading us into a season where we don't see clearly because he longs to illuminate what we've never seen before. We stand in the assurance that he is better at leading us than we are at leading ourselves. Come on. And we stand in this place and say, Oh, Holy Spirit, we've got one more week until the inauguration of the of the." Christmas celebration that God is with us. And so Holy Spirit, we prepare us room. Prepare our rooms for Him. Prepare us, Lord, to receive Him like we've never received Him before. We sit under that truth this week that you are preparing a Christ child has been designed to honor all of 2023 and to launch us into 2024. It will carry every last ounce of nutrients for us. And he says, don't you worry about it. Don't figure it out. You just be in joy. Rest, child, for you are my beloved I have already lit up the darkness. <coughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. How's everybody's hearts?